0: on the field inside the clubhouse and everything in between this is brewers weekly live from the annex wealth management studios at radio city here's matt Pauley. a good thursday evening to
1: you welcome into this show an hour's worth of a uh, brewer's talk nothing like talking about baseball when it's 12 degrees outside, but that's okay. We are getting closer and closer to spring training. I guess we don't technically know when things are going to get started, but still everything is uh, on pace for an on-time start. There's actually a letter that was sent this past week that was signed by a bunch of the mayors of the uh, local municipalities throughout the Phoenix area uh, to Major League Baseball on behalf of the Cactus League asking that spring training be delayed a bit. But... Basically, right now, it looks like they are en route to starting on time. The players don't want to take less money this year. You play less than 162. The owners are going to try to get them to take less money from a collective bargaining standpoint. Major League Baseball doesn't have a whole lot of room to stand on right now. So I say all that to say this. I think we are getting significantly closer to spring training getting underway and I think there's a pretty good shot that uh, things will get started on time including the regular season and if they don't it will not be that much delayed. We'll just have to wait and see. We got a big program coming up uh, today. We are excited here in a few minutes. We are set to uh, be joined by one of the newest members of the Brewers, Daniel Robertson who's really going to go into spring training with an opportunity to compete and try to win that starting third base job. A lot of people talk about him as one of those guys that has the opportunity, the potential to really be a breakout kind of player later on in his career. We see that every once in a while. There's a few guys out there that uh, were, were prospects, never really gained the traction that they wanted to gain and then they're into their late 20s and all of a sudden for whatever reason something clicks and there is certainly some hope that that could be uh, Daniel Robertson he got a major league deal there's not a lot of major league deals out there right now uh, things are picking up a little bit but uh, Daniel Robertson's going to join us in just a few moments also uh, we're going to talk about Sarah Goodrum she has uh, been promoted as she becomes the minor league hitting coordinator for the Brewers the first woman to ever hold that position for a major league organization which is which is very cool And uh, we'll talk about that a bit. We'll talk about Blaine Hardy signing. uh, May get into that Cactus League stuff a little bit as well. There were some allegations that Major League Baseball actually encouraged the Cactus League and those respective mayors and city leaders to write that letter. Uh, Everybody is denying that that's the case. But there's a little bit of a conspiracy theory going along with that right now. And uh, who knows what is true and what is not true. Uh, If you want to uh, get involved with the program, you can always tweet at me, at Matt Pawley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Daniel Robertson, the newest member of the Brewers, he will join us next here on
0: Brewers Weekly. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. We continue to count down to the start of spring
1: training. A uh, new face this year for the Brewers. A guy who's going to come in and uh, be competing for playing time. Maybe he even he's going to turn into the everyday third baseman for the Brewers. We'll have to wait and see. He is uh, Daniel Robertson. He joins us right now on the program. Daniel, thanks for uh, taking some time. How are you doing?
2: Matt, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. Excited to uh, meet a lot of new faces and uh, get going here soon. Thanks for having me yeah, on. Yeah,
1: we're uh, we're uh, glad to have you on. We're excited to see what you can do with the team. I'll start with this. Uh, what was it about the Brewers, especially, that uh, you were intrigued and wanted to sign with the club?
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, definitely, a lot played into the factor, of course. But uh, man, when, it, when it, you know, after talking to a couple teams and whatnot, it just—it just what really struck me the most was I—I uh, um, I had heard nothing. But great things, you know, uh, through through the wire, just through buddies that, you know, have been in the organization, are in the, you know, big league organization. And uh, just word of mouth, it was really what struck me at first after, uh, you know, talking to Craig and David Stearns. Um, so, it, it, you know, that that played a lot into it. And then basically just uh, the opportunity they, they presented me. Uh, kind of like you said, we'll, we'll have to see what happens, but it's exciting to know that, uh, you know, I, I, I have a chance to to be you know an everyday guy if things go right, and uh, obviously I, I, I'm not trying to get too ahead of myself, but just excited to to be able to come in and, and help the team whether I move around or find a home, and um, just the roster in general excited me a um, uh, top to bottom ton of talent. Uh, obviously, I have respect for a lot of those guys that are already over there, uh, a lot of respect for a lot of guys that you know that have signed that that I know really well with the Brewers, so. Uh, It's not going to be one guy. It's going to be a collective group that that helps the team win this year, and and that's what I'm looking forward to doing. So it's exciting.
1: Is there a guy or two on the team that you're already uh, pretty close friends with?
2: Yeah. um, uh, yeah. Over the years, I would say, you know, baseball is such a small, small world. I've roomed with uh, Daniel Vogelbach back in the the, um, Arizona Fall League in, in 2014 or 15, whatever year it was. So I'm close with him, um, known Yelich over the years. I used to play with his little brother uh, in, a, in a travel ball organization back in, you know, high school and whatnot. And um, a couple of minor league signs, Obi Milner, Timmy Lopes, uh, Dylan Cousins. I know Keston pretty well. So it um, seems like Jacob Nottingham, I, I feel like the, the list can kind of go on and on. <laughs> These are guys that I don't want to just say I know from playing against, but I've, you know, uh, worked out with in the offseason or ha- had a – prior pretty good relationship with. So like I said, it, it, it's a uh, exciting buzz around the team and, and, um, a ton of good guys. Uh, we got in chance to talk with, you know, Craig and Pat Murphy and Andy. And it's just, uh, it, it seems like a ton of great guys, man. And that's, that's, that's everything I heard from guys that have been in and out, uh, Talked with Avi Garcia, you know, he said the same thing, so just excited to get out and, and you know, meet some new people, see some familiar faces, and, and just get going, man. It's going to be exciting, and, and uh, you know, we'll see what we can do, but like I said, I, I think it's going to be a collective whole, and there's a lot of guys, you know, with a lot of versatility and different ways to help the team, so it's definitely uh, it's exciting, man, so...
1: What was the free agency? Mar- That's so slow. There's so many guys who are still free agents. As you went into it and experienced it and had some conversations with teams, what was that like? Did it feel different than uh, than, than what it would what, what it's been? I, I guess it's your first time being a, a free agent, I think. But just overall, I mean, what the it's it's so slow out there. It can't be an easy thing to go into.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, you know, definitely during these times, it's pretty nerve wracking, uh, to say the least. Just because there's so much unknown, you know, and I, I, I kind of got got a whiff of this a um, couple years back. I I don't know. I don't remember if it was 17 or 18, but I remember starting to see free agency kind of trend this way, where guys were signing, you know, a couple weeks into spring or signing super late, and just kind of scratched my head about it. Didn't understand. Obviously, it didn't didn't re- relate to me because I wasn't going to be a free agent for years to come. So, um, but I, I just think man, like for me personally, I'm just very humbled and blessed to, to, you know, be able to, to sign with the team and have something, uh in stone and, and, you know, have my mind ready for where I'm going to show up for spring training, just things like that. You know, as ball players always got to check off the list, you know, and um, it is, man, it's weird times. Obviously it's, it's a very slow process. Um, from what I've heard, it's been slow the last couple off seasons. So, uh, just personally for me it, it was exciting to to get the ball rolling talking to teams you know that were interested um, and and eventually uh, you know ultimately get something done and, and just have that that kind of that monkey off your back just because with these these times you know it's just it's heartbreaking to see you guys not getting deals or you know guys having to settle for for minor league deals and I'm just I can't I can't really put into words how fortunate and and just humbled. I am to, to have this opportunity, man, because there, as baseball players, we have such a small window and you just don't know when it's going to be it, you know, and, and for a team to believe in me and, and, and you know, have their eyes on me and, and kind of have a, have a vision for me this year uh, was very just exciting and, and humbling, like I said. So uh, definitely, definitely weird times, man. Um, it's, it's slow. It's, you know you know hopefully guys start falling off the board but um you know i, I obviously wasn't a i know where i stand i wasn't a, a big name free agent going into this offseason but still uh very blessed to be able to you know kind of have it have it and put it behind me and, and just uh, focus on on ball so uh yeah
1: New Brewer Daniel Robertson continuing to join us here on Brewers Weekly. You've been through a, a few organizations now. This is your fourth. Uh, you, you had a really good year. The next year you dealt with some injuries, and then last year it's the 60-game season. There's no fans. You, you went from one team to another in the middle of the year. Are you are you looking forward to just kind of having some consistency and, and just some, some normalcy, and we can kind of hope for this year to be closer to that than what we've had recently?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, as as a whole, as a as a as a uh, corporation or a business or whatever you want to call it, I think every every player, every coach, every, every you know, everyone's looking forward to some norm- normalcy for sure. Now we'll see how that shakes up in the upcoming weeks as far as report dates and all that. I'm going to be very honest with you. I I have no idea. There's nothing uh, firm about all that. So kind of still seeing how that all all plays out, but. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely looking, looking to kind of get back on track, man. It's kind of been a, a weird, uh, last couple of years, not, not, uh, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, just as, as far as baseball world for me, um, like you said, 19 was, uh, a debacle. I like to call it, it was just, I, I kind of can never get going. I was trying to play through some things to kind of keep my job and it, it didn't, didn't really pan out for me. And, uh. Kind of struggled a little bit, and uh, just needed to get healthy. Got some things cleaned up, and I was able to take that into to last year. Um, work, worked on you know some things, hitting. Got hooked up with a with a Doug lotta hitting uh, two years ago, and I, I, I took that into 2020. Man, I, I was ready to go. I was feeling healthy. Figured some things out about my body, and uh, like I said, got my knee cleaned up. And I uh, was feeling really good. And then obviously we got shut down and not going to sit here and, and complain about all that. It's just the way it is. You know, there, there's way worse situations out in the world, you know, that people had to go through. But um, yeah, I think the shortened season last year, it, it just kind of bouncing, you know, from team to team alternate site over to the giants and then getting a chance with them. They, they, they really helped me get back on my feet and uh, for, for the limited opportunity I had over there, I feel like I played pretty well. So yeah, um, it, 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 needless to say, definitely looking forward. This is for me is a fresh start. I'm, I'm 26, going into my age 27 season. I feel like I got a lot of ball ahead of me. um I've seen numerous. I, I've said this to you know when I first agreed to terms with the Brewers, and, and I did an interview. I told guys like, and, and as a competitor, you always want to believe in yourself. I told them, hey man, like I, I've seen it happen too many times where where guys you know later in their career will break out and i i don't even think i'm old in my career you know what i mean so i'm just happy to have an opportunity to hopefully you know make that come to fruition and um obviously there's a lot a lot of work to do and, and a lot of things that have to play out but um you know it, it's nice that i have an organization that's behind me that believes in me and, and knows what i can do with an opportunity and and uh you know we'll just see how how, how the chips fall but uh, i think i'm I, I'm as prepared as I was last year, if if not more. And that's kind of what's cool about, you know, well, not cool, but I, I, I've had a chance, you know, I feel like with some downtime, you know, during quarantine and all that stuff, not playing it, I was able to really work on some things and, and it helped me out last year. So I'm excited to to be able to build on that this off season and, and uh, take it into spring, you know, on an even higher note. So like I said, we'll see how it all shakes out. And uh, just, just eager and hungry and, and excited to, to see the guys and get going
1: you've never played uh a game at, at what was miller park now american family field right
2: um have not i missed the i missed the trip in 2017 when uh our, our uh, interleague play was against the nl central so I, I missed i missed going to milwaukee i believe if the team even went there or did, i don't know maybe the brewers came to us i'm not sure but i know i missed a couple of the nl central parks that year um just being out due to uh being on the deal or whatever but um no so i i've been to the park actually when i played in beloit in 2013 with uh the oakland a's you know low a team uh we we had like a day off or whatever we we took a trip up to miller park and the, the a's were in town playing the brewer so we went to go see a game there so really cool obviously a, a, an exciting ballpark really neat ballpark uh rich tradition history you know fan base team playoff team it's all it's all exciting stuff um even a great sports city—you got the Bucks and the Packers—and and, uh, you know it's just a good, good city to to go and play in. And you know, fans are great, so um, definitely excited to, to get back and, and see see the new named ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing for you, and this is really cool—you've got the Robertson
1: Family Foundation, um, and and you support families uh who are impacted by cancer Uh, i know it's uh it it honors your father who is a non-smoker who i believe passed away from lung cancer in in 2013 can you talk a little bit more about this organization and what you're trying to do with it
2: yeah absolutely so um as you mentioned i uh, lost my lost my father in 2013 um so after that we kind of started coming up with ideas like hey how, how can i give back how can we impact the community that I'm either playing in or, or the community I grew up in and and just how can we help families who are in need? And, um, we just, we, we, I didn't realize how, how, uh, it's a, it's a stretch to, to get a foundation going. There's a lot of legality things you have to go through and just, um, it's a, it's a long process to get it going. So, I think we started uh, the process shortly after my dad passed. So let's say 2000, end of 13 2014. And uh, we didn't have our first event till 2016. So um, basically, just as far as the events go, we stole the ideas from just the, uh, the, the, the Rays Fan Fest that I would go to back in the day. Um, you know, just like any other team does, like a winter caravan. or We, we would set up games. Uh, fans would purchase a ticket to enter – the facility we used, and we would have a ton of game set up, uh, autograph section, um, food trucks, like you name it. It was there. It was a, a big old fan fest. And I would get about, I don't know, 20, give or take 20, 25 of, of my local pro pro ball player buddies, um, in the area, you know, who would come out and, and help me out with these events. And it's awesome, man. We've raised a um, ton of money over the last couple of years doing these events. And it's it's one thing to do the events and have people come out and start seeing, you know, money flow. But but when you are able to take the money and put it to use and, and help families who, um, you know, aren't able to provide and we pay for whether it's a, a month on their house mortgage or six months on their house mortgage, whatever it is, just any way we could help with uh, medical bills, whatever. Um, that's what we do. And, um, there was one more thing I was going to touch on and it's slipping, slipping my head, but Oh, that's what it was. Just basically if the the breadwinner of the family is sick and, and can't work to provide for their family, um, that's what we're there to do. Obviously when, when my dad was sick going through treatment, um, our life didn't, didn't change, uh, drastically, you know, and a lot of families aren't in that, in that position. Um, so it just really hit home, and I know how tough it is going through it and some of the you know life changes that happens. And our goal was just to get out and, and help those families in need. And like I said, there's nothing more humbling and just heart-filling than, than being able to have people apply for assistance and, and uh, eventually help them out uh, financially. So we've been able to do that with quite a few families. you know, Really in the last year or two, and uh, it's a bummer this year. Obviously it's hard to do an actual in-person event. Um, so we're actually setting up something next week to try to do something virtually just to get it going. Um, I would imagine it, it's probably not going to raise as much money as we have in the last couple of years, but um, it's definitely something just to just to keep the foundation going and, and keep the name out there and just let people know um, what we do uh, just, long story short I've already had a chance to help a family in Wisconsin that heard you know through the wire what I do so it's um, it, it it's it's honestly the success on the field the baseball stuff that comes with it is one thing but to be able to, to be on somewhat of a platform to to do this is is what I've always kind of dreamed of you know to, to be a big um, well, not even a big-name guy yet, but, you know, obviously as my career progresses, hopefully I get to that point and, um, you know, this thing really takes off. But I've had help from, you know, guys like Albert Poolholes and Joe Kelly, good friends of mine that come out. Uh, Josh Hader has been to one of my events. Um, those are just to name a few guys that are, are you know, established big leaguers and then um, a lot of, you know, I can't even think to name other guys, but just a few to that have come out to help me so it's i, I i'm really i am like in awe of it because i i i didn't know how to the capacity of how we could help but to see it happen is is awesome and i know i kind of took that on longer than i probably wanted to but i just for anyone listening out there please if there's anyone you know that needs help whatever uh please apply for assistance and and we, we will help out any way we can so um definitely definitely love that we're able to do that so thank, thanks for asking about it yeah, it's an awesome
1: thing you're doing. And the website is uh, danielrobertsonfamilyfoundation.org. People can also donate as well, especially this year Correct. where money's not coming in quite as much. Encourage our listeners to uh, head to that website again, danielrobertsonfamilyfoundation.org. Daniel, Robertson Family Daniel th- thank you so much for taking this time. This is a great conversation and uh, look forward to hopefully meeting you uh, face-to-face, not just on a, on a post-game Zoom call <laughs> here this season.
2: Absolutely. I appreciate it, Matt, and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys soon. Thanks for uh, taking the time to reach out.
1: You bet. Thank you so much. There's uh, uh, Daniel Robertson joining us, and we appreciate him uh, taking some time with us. And that's his organization is really, really, really cool. Uh, again, DanielRobertsonFamilyFoundation.org. This is Brewers Weekly.
0: Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ.
1: Thanks to uh, Daniel Robertson for joining us. That was a fun conversation. We'll have that uh, up on WTMJ.com and the Brewers Extra Needs, uh podcast page here uh, sometime later on this evening. So if you maybe join that a little bit late, we'll have that for you uh, coming up this evening again at uh, WTMJ.com. If you want to join the program, you can do so. That's 855-616-1620. It's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers made a little bit of history today. Brewers promoting Sarah Goodrum. She is 27 years old, and she is going to become the minor league hitting coordinator. She has worked already in the organization. She has spent the last four years working in the sports science department, and now she gets the uh, promotion. Now, she has already been working in this job. It was just officially announced here. Uh, She spoke with Adam McAlvey in Brewers.com. I'll read you some of the quotes. Hopefully, we can get her on this show at some point uh, in the next uh, few weeks, because she seems like a really interesting person, I think. I think it's a really compelling story. Uh, but I'll read a couple of quotes that she uh, that she had that uh, were part of Adam McCalvey's story at, at Brewers.com. Uh, she said, quote, The most eye-opening thing for me is that especially with the players who are coming up now, they don't care if you're a man or a woman. If you can provide them guidance that is going to help them accomplish their dream of making it to the big leagues, they don't care. She goes on and says, For me, it's always been about showing first and foremost that I care about them. I'm going to continue to do that. As I go into the role of being a little bit more on the front face with our players, showing them, I want to help you guys in your career, and I'll be able to provide that information. Our hitting coaches are phenomenal as well. I don't think the players mind what your gender is. It's all about the information. It is it is a challenge for women who work in sports. I think it's getting—I hope it's getting easier. I think it's getting a little bit easier. Um it's, but it is a, uh, it is a challenge. There are a lot of attitudes. There's culture things that exist at, within a lot of, uh, a lot of places based in sports that does not make it always the most accepting experience. And I, I do think things are getting better. We're seeing women uh, move into more prominent positions, and this is not just a baseball thing. Clearly we're saying, seeing that in basketball where um, you've, you've, at some point there's going to be a head coach in the NBA who's a woman. It's going to happen uh, sooner than later, and more and more NBA teams uh, have women as part of their, their coaching staffs. And I think NBA players, of all the athletes, I think NBA players might be ones that are probably most willing to accept a woman as a coach, I think baseball has a little bit of room to do some catching up on, but we have seen more and more women get the opportunity to be working in on-field roles across uh, Major League Baseball organizations, and now you see this happen here with the Brewers, and I think it's just cool. It's really cool, and if you go get the best of the best, whether they're a man or a woman. They're going to put you in good positions, and she's someone. Uh, she she's been a pretty high level athlete. She played softball at the University of Oregon, which is a fan, just one of the best softball programs uh, that exists. So I think it's really good from a Brewer standpoint that they were able to recognize her abilities and be able to promote her into that position. And the thing that I think I most appreciate uh, about what she said it was the it was the first sentence of that quote that I read earlier, when she said. The most eye-opening thing for me is that especially with the players who are coming up now, they don't care if you're a man or a woman. That is notable. That is, that is a, <laughs> that's a sentence that carries a lot of weight. Because quite honestly, I don't know if that sentence is being spoken five years ago. It certainly is not being said ten years ago. I spent a fair amount of time working in minor league baseball. And I'm just thinking back on on the teams that I was around and the people that I were around and were there some people who I were around that was around who would absolutely would have accepted a woman in that position? Yeah, one hundred percent there were. But were there a fair amount of people who would have not accepted a woman in that position? Yeah. There there was a fair amount of people that would, would have fallen into that category as well. And perhaps she's putting a positive spin on things. I don't know, but when when she says that she feels like when she's working with these minor leaguers and around players and around the, you know, she's will she will be very interactive as well with the coaches. That's another big part of this job. When you're uh, when you're a minor league hitting coordinator, you are there is interaction with players, but there's a lot of interaction with coaches. And so there's going to be coaches throughout the minor league system for the brewers who are in a way going to be reporting to her and just having people that can respect her and respect her knowledge. And just from what I read about her, again, I, I hope I get to talk to her at some point uh, soon because she seems like a really interesting person. I really appreciate her, her love for hitting. I, I love talking to people about hitting. I don't know if this interests other people or if I'm just kind of a baseball nerd about it, but the people who can really get into like the art of hitting and who study it, like, it, it it's something that happens so quickly. The swing of a bat happens uh, in a second. But what goes into it, like the science, the art, everything about it, when you get people who are who can just like diagnose a swing and can really pinpoint on some some small things and and all of a sudden make this this thing that takes a second to do and can, you know, really kind of diagnose different parts of what's going on. I'm just enthralled when I end up having these conversations with these people. And uh, she certainly seems like somebody who just loves hitting, loves talking about hitting, loves the art of hitting. And. That's a, that's a good skill and it's a good quality to have for somebody who's going to be uh, moving into that position. Speaking of that, uh, the Brewers did announce the uh, full minor league staffs for the upcoming uh, season. Not a whole lot of uh, change uh, as far as the managers go. Uh, Rick Sweet's going to be uh, back as the manager of the Triple uh, A team. Uh, they're in Nashville this year. Double A Biloxi will be managed by uh, Mike Guerrero. Uh, Class A, Wisconsin. So that's now the high A team. And Matt Erickson who who's flump from that area he's, he's gonna stay so in a way Erickson's kind of getting a promotion because now they're a, uh, a high a team I find it, it's interesting uh, Fred Dabney who just a couple years ago was a uh, pitching coach at triple-a he's now going to be uh, the pitching coach uh, with uh, low a class uh, Carolina it, it's it's not a demotion per se because when you're working with uh, minor leaguers and you know sometimes you got these guys at the lowest levels that the coaches at that point the, the low A coaches, the high A coaches, they can be the ones that are most significant in a player's ability to uh, progress through the system. If you want to join us, you can do so. Uh, 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program if you'd like, at Matt Pawley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Real quick, I got a message from Caroline on the, uh, on the Twitter, and she asked uh, who I was speaking of, Simone. A moment ago because she had uh, tuned in and uh, I probably should have explained the position a little bit more so I'm talking about Sarah Goodrum she is going to be the minor league hitting coordinator for the Brewers uh, and so what that person does is they're a roving coach that goes from one minor league team to another minor league team and the different uh, hitting coaches at each minor league team kind of report to to her and that way the same message, the message that you want from a hitting standpoint is getting distributed in the same kind of way from one minor league team to another minor league team. And the person who's kind of responsible for helping the hitting coaches at each location uh, then get that message on is uh, the minor league hitting coordinator who also will do some uh, coaching herself. So I probably should have explained a little bit more what a minor league hitting coordinator, ex- coordinator excuse me,
0: actually does. This is Brewers Weekly. More Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ. There are two questions
1: that I have been asked over and over and over. And I always kind of laugh when people ask me because I don't have any inside information on this, but I I guess I have thoughts. I have educated guesses, which is about as far as I can go. But the two questions that I continue to be asked all the time, there's actually three. We'll get to the third one in a second. But the two main ones are, uh, what is, is stuff going to start on time? Is spring training going to start on time? Are they going to play 162 games? You know, that, that sort of thing. And then the other question that I get asked all the time is, are the Brewers going to make a, a fairly big move? I don't really know the answer to... Either of those questions at this point. The third question I get asked as well is, are there going to be fans in the stands? Which I think there's going to be. I do. I I think at the beginning of the year, I think it's going to be very limited if the city will allow it. And I think as the year goes along, by the time we get into uh, June, July, August, maybe July, August and September, I don't know if it's going to be a full ballpark. But I think it's going to be pretty darn close. That's uh, that's kind of my thought on it. Now, are people actually going to be coming to the games? Are people going to be feel, feel comfortable getting back together in groups? I don't know. I, I can't predict the future on that. I'm not sure. I did find it interesting this past week that the Cactus League sent a letter to Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball asking to delay the start of spring training. And it was a letter that was signed by a bunch of uh, different mayors and other municipal leaders of, uh, of different uh, cities around the Phoenix area that host Cactus League and spring training sites. Now, they don't have any jurisdiction on this. They don't have any decision-making power on this. And after the letter was sent, uh, it was communicated from the Cactus League to ESPN that if they start spring training on time, those facilities will be ready to go. There was a report in The Athletic that said Major League Baseball encouraged the Cactus League to actually write that letter. There's, there's a belief out there that Major League Baseball owners would like to delay the start of the season so you play less games with limited or no fans in the stands. If you can get a little bit deeper into the season, a little deeper into summer, and play more games then, that seems to be the preference of the Major League Baseball owners. The strong preference of the Major League Baseball players is that they start the season on time, and they play a full 162 games. Last year, they were only paid for 60 games. They don't want to be paid for 140 games. They don't want to be paid for 130 games. They want to be paid for 162 games. I'm sure if Major League Baseball went to the players and said, hey, we got to play 140, but we'll still give you a, well, your 162-game salary, the players might say, okay, that's fine. We can play 140, but the owners aren't going to do that. The whole idea of maybe playing still a shortened season, uh, the idea behind that would still be to reduce cost uh, when things are not going to be back to normal. So I kind of, I don't know, I, I always like a good conspiracy theory when I read from The Athletic that Major League Baseball may have encouraged the Cactus League to write that letter. Major League Baseball has denied it. Cactus League people have denied it. I don't know if it's true or not true. I'm always good for a uh, a good conspiracy theory, though. So, uh, so there you go. The good news is we are seeing a little bit more movement uh, every day. It seems like there's a there's a signing here, a signing there. Most of them are not big signings. There was a big one this past week. Uh, J.T. Ramuto agreed to a five-year deal to uh, go to the go back to the Phillies. 115 million dollars. So uh, that's gonna make him the highest-paid catcher in Major League history. Adam Wainwright. Rights going back to St. Louis. He gets a one year deal. The next question for them is if uh, Yadier or Molina is going to be back with them or not. So things are happening, and I still think that. The Brewer, like not a huge move, but a fairly big, a a notable move. I think the Brewers have one left in them before this off season comes to an end. They did make a uh, signing uh, this week, in addition to uh, Daniel Robertson, who we talked to uh, earlier, uh, brought in a pitcher who's going to be uh, in spring training, a guy with a pretty good major league uh, resume. We'll discuss him and wrap things up. That is
0: next. This is Brewers Weekly. Catch more Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. So much has changed since 1927. From social media to Citing Unlimited. This is Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. I am well aware of the fact that Brewers fans
1: want the Brewers to sign legit everyday No question marks, no bounce back needed, not coming back from an injury, just legit guys. Like, I I get that, and, and that's what Brewers fans want. That being said, any team, not just the Brewers, any team, th- those things are important, but also important is kind of the strategic signings, the guys who are really able to uh, to take a step forward for you. And they tried that a little bit last year. It didn't work so great. They had some uh, bounce-back candidates who really did not bounce back. Uh, they have signed relief pitcher Blaine Hardy to a minor league deal that includes an invite to Major League Spring Training. He missed all of last season after undergoing Tommy John surgery last March. He's been a pretty solid major league relief pitcher, and if he's able to, uh, if he's able to get things uh, back going again, I mean, when you look at, uh, he pitched. Um for Detroit every season from 2014 to 2019 appeared in 233 games and had a 3.73 ERA. That was a pretty good number. So you need to bring in guys like that and see who's able to really take that step forward uh, and be able to uh, be a big part of your club. And maybe Blaine Hardy's going to be that guy. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see uh, how he does coming back from Tommy John surgery. That is it for the program this week. Uh, my appreciation to uh, Daniel Robertson for uh, joining us just a little while ago and look forward to talking to you again real soon for another edition of brewers weekly
0: you've been listening to brewers weekly with matt Foley on wtmj